0: Cheryl,
1: would you please start us off? (laughs) I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself.
0: Great. Is that CSB? CSB. Oh, it sounded like New Living or something. Christian really Standard Bible. That was, yeah. That was good. I liked
2: it. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, so what is Paul's reason for rejoicing? Oh, goodness.
1: That the Philippians showed they still cared. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think,
2: you know, you've got
1: Paul must have a little bit of insecurity there. Because you think about like he ministered to the Galatians and then the Galatians begin to turn against Mm -hmm. him towards these Judaizers. It had happened in Corinth uh, where Mm -hmm. they begin to um, compare him to Peter and to Apollos. And so now I think that these Philippians are like, no, we are in it for the long run. And just that support, I think, you know, especially... They weren't trying to disassociate with him because Mm -hmm. he was in prison. They were holding to it.
0: No, no, I I was thinking about that too. I was like, Paul had a lot of hurt and betrayal. I always think of that verse where he says, "The more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved." I probably mentioned that before because I mean, that just was really like, man, give, give, give. And it's not like I mean, I'm sure he would have done it anyway without expecting something in return, but just. You know, just the fact that they returned it, and it was consistent. This is a consistent care. It wasn't just like a one-time, like,
1: oh, you know. And they had to seek him out.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, not
1: only, they had to seek him out. I mean, they had to send this guy, which was about 500 miles, Epaphras, uh, Epaphroditus. They had to, he had to go 500 Mm, miles. Uh And then he had to go through the streets of Rome and get to the prison and ask for a prisoner Mm -hmm. in order. And so there were perils in that travel, especially if he was carrying a gift, which was probably monetary. Mm -hmm. There were all sorts of perils, and yet he did it. Um, mm. uh, for the sake of the Philippians, and mm-hmm. they entrusted
0: him. And then he got sick and almost died. Yeah, I mean, right. it was just like this well, a big deal. So, what do you think? This is the
2: picture then of this body of believers. What does that tell you about this group of believers in Philippi?
1: Well, that they were caring, definitely. But also, mm-hmm. when we read in Second um, Corinthians chapter eight and nine, Paul talks about how enthusiastically loyal they were, mm-hmm. and how they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to Paul for the sake of the gospel. Mm. And so you see these people who really, really care. Yeah. You know, when you're on the mission field, um, it means so much when somebody says, I was praying for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means a lot right now. Like people say, I pray for you and Brian. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. I mean, it almost like makes me cry because yeah. how desperately we need it. Although I feel like a little bit like, um, a little bit bad because there are so many people that need prayer worse than me. But I, I'm like, You'll take it. Don't stop. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, with Paul, it's just, again, that they were so caring. And Mm -hmm. they they followed it out. And so when you're on the mission field and you find out that there's a a church that's committed to praying for you or supporting. I've got just one quick story. With Nancy and Dave, um, they had this uh, church that said, we're no longer going to support you. Mm. And they needed a car desperately. They They had four children and a car that could seat. He was six, including driver and passenger. So the kids were huddled in the back. And it was just, the mm-hmm. kids were, two, uh, three of them were you know, coming on teenage years. And this church in Michigan that they had never heard about before, wasn't even a Calvary Chapel. They don't even, <laughs> to this day, this church said, we heard about you. The Lord put it on mm-hmm. our hearts to support you. Here's this money, mm-hmm. which paid for their food and their rent. Wow. And we want to give you... Um, we collected this money to buy a car. And so they ended up buying a a passenger, you know, van, what we call a minivan, and they called it Rehoboth. The Lord just made room for us. But I just, you know, that kind of thing, to find out that here's a fellowship that's been considering and praying and wants to associate and pray and invest Mm -hmm. and i think there's something like beyond just praying but an investment a financial Mm -hmm. investment
2: yeah that was my takeaway from the last day i know we're going to get to that at the end but just that whole thing of like as as they provided and as they poured out and invested in god's work he is going to pour back into them and provide for all their needs
0: yeah just so good yeah, and I put that down too because my family's on the mission field. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I was like, yeah, that really makes a big difference to know people are praying and supporting and all of that. Mm, so.
2: sometimes when you're on the mission field, you feel like it's out of sight, out of mind. Oh, totally. Like, like does anyone you.
1: remember us at all? Yeah. Oh, and you feel like the glory's all happening in the United States. Mm. Like, oh, they've got Shekinah and we've got, you know, Satan. Yeah, yeah and so it's just like, great you mm-hmm. know because you just feel like you know when they would write like we had 300 people sign up first service just to go to the luncheon and buy third service yep. and we're like we had three people
2: sign mm-hmm. up to go to the luncheon you know well, and so paul is kind so of a say, missionary here yes. And so yes what does it say in
0: question two yeah. what had paul learned yeah that's a nice segue <laughs> 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 to be content and yes. just the the implication there in the Greek is like an independence from your external circumstances, which kind of comes out in the text that you read that it's just, Mm -hmm. I am content and it doesn't have anything to do with my circumstances. And when you think about like second Corinthians 11, the trials he went through, he lists all those things, stripes, imprisonment, hunger, nakedness, sleeplessness, shipwreck, shipwreck, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. But in all of those states, to be content is just like. Don't you think that's such a great thing for us right now? Wow. Because obviously oh, totally. things are changing.
1: We've got COVID, and Absolutely. it's it's things are more difficult. They're a little more complicated. Mm. But if we can learn even in these um, mm-hmm. difficulties, or what do I want to say, inconveniences, yeah. to be content. Yes. And I liked that. Um, I put adaptable and accommodating. Yeah.
2: yeah and I was good. just
1: thinking if if I can adapt spiritually. But it's like, you know, this morning I was. Um, I, I, was, I was reading in, um, I don't know why I got this out of Hosea and Matthew, but um, the idea of God's enabling strength.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: we aren't just like naturally content. This mm-hmm. is something Paul learned.
2: Exactly. And
1: it's God's enabling mm-hmm. that yeah. helps us to do it. And you think of these missionaries, like um, um, I'm thinking of Isabel Kuhn, yeah. who was sleeping on these slats on the floor. And, mm-hmm. uh, you
0: know, and the, and the bathrooms were outside. And When well, the people would come in, like that story about how they would just come in in the morning while she's still in bed and like, hi, how's it going? I mean, they would yeah. just had no personal space. And they had, lice. Of-
1: <laughs> and they had lice and you've got children yeah. and you're just like, oh, please don't give my child lice. Yeah. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's all these things that were so hygienic mm-hmm, and you don't mm-hmm. have that hygiene. I remember reading one of ours that we did too was, um. Darlene Rose. Darlene Diedler-Rose. oh my gosh. And she was talking about when she first reached New Guinea, this woman wanted to give her a sweet potato, and so it was all dirty, so the woman spit and washed it all off with her spit and Mm -hmm. then peeled it and gave it to her. And she was like, okay, this is missionary life. I'll just eat it. Uh, But later when she was in a concentration camp, uh, it helped her because she learned to spit wash her hands. Oh. And that's how she did everything. But I, again, that contentment.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, no, and you're if, if you can find contentment in, in anything, you're impervious. It's like, man, what can touch you if yeah. you can learn to be in that place with the Lord regardless? It's mm-hmm. like, man, I yeah. need that. <laughs>
2: yep, and that was one of my thoughts, too, is just that there's a peace come that comes from this yeah. kind of contentment. Yeah. That's an inner... Uh, sufficiency of but, trusting the Lord
1: but what a witness to other mm-hmm. people who can't mm-hmm. be like to the people who are so excuse me my sweater is so dusty okay I didn't sneeze but I might stop <clears throat> but um just to be a witness because people are like going crazy yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and when we're like oh yeah we're, we're doing social distancing we're cooperating we're wearing our masks and we're not complaining
2: mm-hmm.
1: Right? <laughs> um, I have a little bit, but I yeah. did ask for forgiveness. No, I have too. Like, yeah, to yeah. i know. but full disclosure. But when we're showing a good attitude about mm-hmm. everything, it it really, it's mm-hmm. such a great witness,
2: you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Completely. All right, anything else before we move on?
1: I'm, I, let's go back just one second to yeah. learned.
2: Yes. Learned, yeah. Learned, and yeah. you know, without deprivation,
1: you won't learn. There's... Hmm. Um, this quote by, um, rog, uh, sorry, by George uh, Mueller that said, faith is never learned in comfortable circumstances. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, That's faith good. always requires a deficit. It always requires um, an impossibility for faith. And, you know, that's when God comes through and you have the opportunity to believe God no matter what the circumstances look like. Mm -hmm. And so here, contentment is learned not in easy circumstances, not when I have everything and go, oh, yes, I've learned to be content eating (laughs) ice cream every day. But it's when those things are not available, when things are tough, and that's when we learn contentment. Mm -hmm. That's good,
2: yeah. So good. All right, let's move on to day two, verses 12 and 13. Jasmine, do you mind reading those?
1: On it.
0: I knew it was going to be you. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay.
2: So we see here that Paul's learning how, that even when it's, he's brought low or when he has an abundance in everything, in all things, and whether he's full or whether he suffers need. Did mm-hmm. you guys have any thoughts on those?
0: Um, the first, well, there were you know, obviously a couple different ways in which he learned contentment. And I saw the first one obviously is with material conditions. And it was funny, I was thinking mm-hmm. about how, you know, we all know this, but I think we can still sometimes equate material blessing with being in God's will. And if you lack mm-hmm. that there's obviously something wrong i mean I, it's amazing to me even how often i revert into the mentality of job's friends you know or it's just like are they really in the yeah. lord's will and it's like dude if that was the case then paul was really he was really in trouble you know what i mean if it was all dependent really? on material conditions and so i don't know i just thought through that again like man just that's that good perspective. to remember yeah you yeah know what, you don't,
1: punishment yeah you don't grow if everything's going good like you, were saying, you get yeah, spoiled exactly. Yeah. And you get comfortable and mm-hmm. you get yeah. lazy. So these things. True. And then where, I, I like yeah, that because you're going, the where I put all circumstances. So wherever, location. you know, yeah. whatever the location,
0: you know, whatever the place mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. circumstances, yeah, any could, and all. Well, because a lot of people think if I change my location, I'll be okay. Right. I'll be content if I go here or here or whatever, because if I get the this new house. That's a have
2: lesson that you, yeah. have to, like, you have to trust the Lord here because if you're not content here, you're never going to be content. The grass yes. isn't really green. Yeah, exactly. In my Bible, I have the, um, the word state, whatever state I am, and I have it with a capital S. Because uh, <laughs> oh, years yeah. ago, <laughs> yeah, years ago, um, we were here loving being here and God called us to San Diego and so we had to move to San Diego and it was a really hard challenge of like making all new friends like here I knew everybody my family mm-hmm. lived here so we moved to San Diego and it was like starting over from scratch of like making friends and then God called us to Pennsylvania and so then we had to move across the country and literal different state and didn't know anybody didn't have any friends and I had just finally started establishing some friendships in San Diego and I I remember feeling like I'm mm. not going to be a friend when I moved to Pennsylvania. I'm just done. I just did this. This was really hard. I I'm not going to do it again. And just very discontent with that whole process of like starting friendships over again. Mm. And so I kind of went in with this like cold heart against making friends. Huh. And That's hard to believe. I, Angie, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just so like it, it was so hard because I was so hurt by that process yeah. of building yeah, friendships yeah, yeah. and then. Um, it's a developing process and it had just started Mm. to gel and then that's one of the lessons God taught me was just being content in whatever state I am, literally Mm. physically and mentally and then he met those needs and built the friendships and changed my heart
1: That's, yeah, that's one true. of the things good. our missionary biographies. When you're reading about how these missionaries, I mean, even uh, Cory Tinboom, mm-hmm. learning to be content even with fleas mm-hmm. because that allowed them to have these Bible studies. And
2: it yeah. protected them from right. attacks of the soldiers right. even.
0: When you mentioned Isabel Kuhn, that kind of ties in with what Angie was saying because she had a hard time losing relationships and supports, but sometimes the Lord would take those props away from her and teach mm-hmm. her... To really, like, not have what she called inordinate affections for those things, but mm-hmm. to really have her anchor in the Lord so that she could still love and give right. without, like, you know, getting, a, getting all, I don't know, moved by it, right. I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's, that's hard. exactly what it is. It's finding your sufficiency
2: and your contentment
0: in the Lord. Yeah. So
1: I found, um, for me personally, it's like, uh, share a lesson that you learned about contentment. Mm-hmm. What I really want to do is embrace, mm. like, wherever I'm at, instead of like moaning like for the good old days, mm-hmm. like to find find what is different and what can I enjoy today in this moment. And you know, I've got a new grandson who's mm-hmm. now um, nine months and he's just so full of energy. And instead of moaning that, you know, one of my grandchildren is 19, I, I'm gonna enjoy yeah. all of them with each age. And one of the things I learned from my mom is like you would say, oh, you know, okay, you're 60. And she's like, yes, but I've never been 60 before. Aww. And I'm like just learning all these new things at 60. And when she was 70, yes, I've never been 70 before, you know, and I'm learning all these things. <laughs> and for me at 60, it's just like I'm kind of more aware of, of certain things. and going, okay, this is what 60 feels like. This is what 60 <laughs> looks like. You know, just to embrace... <laughs> being this age.
0: And yeah. um, and I just think I want to do more of embracing. I
2: love that. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I put under that for the share lesson. That's good. I like that embracing and enjoying. I put rest.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I have
0: like a little wall hanging on my wall and it just has the word rest on it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to like look at that. I mean, resting in, you know, not just circumstances, but God's promises and what he's told me and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Like... Mm-hmm. That, that's for me, that's that's contentment, is not striving, analyzing, and worrying, but resting. So there's, I think, a lot of aspects to that's contentment in that.
2: Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books is Heinz Feet on High Places. And Mm. you know, in that one, she's walking with suffering and sorrow. And um, I Mm. always think of that one little flower that pops up and it's acceptance with joy. And just Mm. that exactly what you're talking about is the contentment of just accepting right where you are and having that gratitude and finding the things we have to be thankful Mm. for, but like specifically looking for them. And I think this ties in so well with what we learned last week about everything we pray about to pray with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I've really been learning that all week. Like yeah, it makes such a difference true. when you pray for contentment, but with Thanksgiving and finding the things you can be thankful mm-hmm. for that's in the true. midst of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. then we get into the big verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
0: Um, I saw one of the commentaries. that said that's kind of in the context of contentment. Uh-huh. So that kind of put a good spin on it for me. And I, and I just liked the part where it says I can, Because I feel like so many times we're like, I can't, this is impossible for me to handle this and to overcome and to, you know, walk in this. And it's like, no, in Christ you can. It's just like changing the mentality. Like with him, this is actually possible. Instead of just looking automatically and being like, no, I I can't. There's no way I can be content. There's no way I can be an overcomer here. So I think that was what stood out to me.
1: You know, um, it's interesting because I've always had this thing where if I was teaching on spiritual warfare for a retreat, I went through spiritual warfare. If I was, uh, I remember one time I was asked to go to Munich and do a retreat there and I'm like, what's your theme? And they're like, Joy, I'm like, I'm in. I'm totally in, (laughs) I want a Joy (laughs) theme so bad. Tell me the theme (laughs) first. right? (laughs) But um, I am so uh, self-sufficient and I love Mm -hmm. strength. I really value my own strength and I value my own energy. And I've always been like an I can do girl. Mm -hmm. And this week I've just been struck down by like one thing after another. I'm fighting an infection right now and I'm weak and I've got body aches and um, it's not COVID, but I've got my mask just for anyone who's afraid. and I took a really bad spill last week, and, and my face was all cut up. My legs, I won't show you because it's gross. And I, somebody <laughs> said, that makes me want to throw up, so I don't show it anymore. <laughs> and then my shoulder, and it was just that, and my hand. It was just that, oh, you know, Lord, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been able to just do dinner and you know clean up and mm. watch Remy
2: and have energy to do it all day long and extra all energy things. and I've yeah. been finding
1: myself like all week long going Lord and you know because when I get weak I get weepy just like enable me enable me mm. and Lord I can do it through Christ there's yeah, my it secret through it's Christ, through Christ yeah. through your enabling grace because other than that I and I'm realizing mm-hmm. that I can't and that brings me to Hosea Hosea, that, you know, Gomer and the Israelites didn't realize that all their advantages and everything they had was from God. And God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull all of this away from you. Yeah. And I'm going to let you rely on Assyria and see what they do for you. See what Assyria does for you. See what those things that you think are enabling actually do for you. Mm. And... You know, one of the ways that God shows us how much he's in our life and how dependent we are of him is sometimes he takes a step backwards.
0: Mm -hmm. And we're like, no,
1: no, no, come here, come here. You know, I need you. It's like right now, Remy is my grandson again. He's, you know, beginning to walk and take his first steps. I got to meet him the other day. He came, remember? (laughs) I guess that's
2: right. But anyway, he's kind of like
1: doing this. But, you know, he can walk and he's got all this strength. But the minute, like, you walk away, he's like, you know, Mm -hmm. and he... He has to have somebody near, he's yeah. aware. Mm-hmm. And that awareness is so good for us to realize how much we do have it, how much we right. are doing only by the grace of God, the mm. enabling grace of God. Yeah,
2: and you know, our weakness isn't a problem for him. Mm-hmm. Nope. It reminded me of Paul mm-hmm. when he had the weakness in his flesh and he asked the Lord to remove it three times. Yep. And the Lord said, no, I want to show you my strength It's made perfect in your weakness. And that's another lesson in contentment of just trusting the Lord that sometimes He does allow our weakness so that He can infuse us with supernatural strength.
1: Yeah. And I like the all things because mm-hmm. we tend to think of God giving us strength only for the tremendous, the really the hard things. things. But sometimes it's the creativity to make uh, dinner. <laughs> it's, it's like shopping going, oh, what did I come here for? I forgot my list. What do I need? It, it can be Again. even in the small things mm-hmm. that enabling, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just for the tremendous because mm-hmm. God wants to be involved in every aspect of our life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that was that was actually my final takeaway was actually that Paul was content, not just in bad circumstances, but in good. He was unaffected. Well, maybe I should say unaffected by those things because sometimes we can get really affected by the good times and just start coasting and... Getting, like you said earlier, like lazy or indifferent to the Lord and stuff like that. But to learn well, the proper way to yeah. handle all situations. And Hosea, situations. what he talks about.
1: Is that me or you? I think that's, that's, a, that's somebody else. That's well, the okay. prophet Elijah. He just wanted to say he's like, here. Did I say
0: the wrong thing, Lord? Okay. Anyway. But
1: but <laughs> I, I was thinking, too, it's like um, in Hosea again, it says, you neglected me. When you got all this, you yeah, just yeah. neglected me because you had all of that. And I think sometimes like during COVID, we're stuck at home and, you know, there's not the neglect. I mean, mm-hmm. because what else are you going to do? You know, <laughs> and I mean, how many times can you watch reruns? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like this um, opportunity, mm-hmm. which, again, we are to see every everything as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, like even what we've done with this, we said, okay, Lord, we've got COVID. We can't go back to the way we did it right now. So what do you want to do? Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you want to do? And you know, uh, Christmas coffee we can't do Christmas coffee so what do you want to do right. you know and it's so good to almost have to recalibrate and rethink all of these things mm-hmm. because we can get into a pattern of being a Christian independently from Jesus mm-hmm. we can do ministry we can get into it so much that we're doing it without Jesus like I got this
2: right you know? and just keep doing it the and way we've always it. done it yeah mm-hmm. yeah true do you
0: have any last takeaways
2: um, well, yeah, I was thinking John fifteen five where yeah. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. That's right, That's so And good. so it goes back to that principle of abiding. That's yeah. where we find our strength in him, is in abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything? Do you guys have any, um, I mean, you sort of talked about your strength of him working in you, but, like, anything to share of, like, how you saw Christ's strength working in you?
1: Just making dinner this week for Brian, and I'm <laughs> writing a paper, and... You so know, it's very daily. He's
2: with us in the very
1: daily, daily thing. yeah and forgiving.
2: Yeah. Forgiving.
1: You know, mm. forgiving like when you call up and you say, I am desperate. I need an appointment as soon as possible. And they're like, well, we've got one in 12 hours. You're like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and, um, you know, just um, knowing that, you know, God's got this. He might be yeah. leading us a different way than we thought. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the way. But I also put the secret of contentment is simply being with Jesus in all things. Yeah you know, just saying, all right, Jesus, Mm -hmm. let's do this together. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in it with you Mm -hmm. and where
2: you go, I go, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in it together. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Finding all our sufficiency in him. So good. Okay. Let's move on to day three verses 14
0: through 17. It's
2: you. Okay. I was waiting for one of you to ask. Okay. (laughs) Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but only you. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Okay, so what is happening in this situation here? Can you guys summarize it or bring out any thoughts?
0: Uh, I, I just wanted to clarify because this helped me when it says at the beginning of the gospel, he's talking about the beginning of his missionary work in Europe because somebody might be like, the okay. beginning of the gospel, what is that? And that helped me because I was just like, wait, what does that mm-hmm. mean? He's talking about when he launched out ministering in Europe. And so that from that point, the whole time, Kind of like what I was saying before. They were faithful, you know, you, you know, through thick and thin, kind of a well, thing. Well, the Corinthians had stopped their support at one point, mm. and they were
1: questioning, like, well, why are we supposed to give support? Who's taking it to Jerusalem? Right. Are they safe? Are you really responsible with this support? Mm. And they they kind of drew back from again supporting paul so paul, paul had to work when he was in Corinth. Mm-hmm. remember yeah. Yeah. he had to make tents yeah and don't you think too what a good Solomon, witness too.
2: that was like in corinthians he kept saying like i'm i am going to owe no man no thing yeah. like i'm going to be yeah. all things to all people and so he was working and being a good witness but then he also said they should provide for the preacher. well he said yeah. i've
1: robbed other churches to be able to minister mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like all the responsibility you know, like even for the conference centers and everything Mm -hmm. falls on one church Mm -hmm. and other churches don't say, Hey, can we just like, can we hold these together? Can it be Mm -hmm. a burden that we all share? That's true. But these Philippians, uh, they kept giving, Mm -hmm. they kept giving. And then again, it says in, um, in Corinthians that they gave out of need. They didn't give when they were really wealthy or because they could, Mm -hmm. they gave out of their, um, not out of their abundance, right. but oh, out of their want. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just think, you know, you look at them and I think sometimes we wait for an abundance to give, to tithe, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to yeah, the church or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a, a friend, and I remember at one point, so hard when you're the pastor's wife. And financially, she was going through all of this stuff, and she said, I just don't know what's wrong. And the Lord kept saying, ask her if she's tithing. I'm like, Lord, that's a question a pastor's wife should never ask, you yes, know? Seriously. Yeah. And the Lord just really put it on my heart. So I said, you know, I hate to ask you this, but are you tithing? And she just looked at me, and jaw dropped. And she said, um, no. And I said, you've got to give to the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And and then God will supply, but it's an act of faith mm-hmm. that we give. And from the day, she, she told me later, from the day that she, she talked to her husband, they decided to give, and they had a certain amount, and they were giving out of their poverty. poverty. Yeah. He was out of a job. From the moment they gave, he got a job, and they've never, they've never struggled yeah. since. And I mean,
2: that's a biblical Principle right. in Malachi three ten it says that right. if you yes. give to God like he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out abundantly like that promise yeah, yeah and we're his, not asking for money here
0: yeah because it's about the heart it's not about like and Paul makes that really clear it's not about the gift or like oh good the Philippians are you know I can mm-hmm. now now I can go and. Buy that whatever I want to get right. new sandals. I'm just kidding. I don't know what Paul wanted, but anyway, yeah. that wasn't his thing. It was the it was for their sake and their hearts, uh-huh. like which is having the next an open day. heart. Yes. Which, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It leads into all of that. Exactly. But, um, yeah. I
1: put oh, Acts twenty thirty five where um, Jesus is quoted as, "It is better to give than to receive." Mm-hmm. Yes, and certainly there's something in giving that is just so wonderful. You know, when you get older, you know your your kids. Don't get you very good presents. My oldest daughter usually does. You well, know, I just
2: started yesterday buying me a present for Christmas already. Can you yes. believe it? Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. But you know,
1: and then my mom used to get me my best present. You know, and then you know my mom can't, and so mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm not going to get very good presents this Christmas. Brian doesn't even like. When's Christmas? So it's oh, so it's like, I, I found that it's I'm more interested in giving and yeah. mm-hmm. the reaction of my children and my grandchildren to what they get. And that's what you really realize, you know, because I don't need another dish towel, you know. And you're just kind of looking at this and just so excited to give. I want to just read these scriptures real quick from mm-hmm. um, Second Corinthians mm-hmm. uh, chapter 9. And it says, As it is written, He... Jesus distributed freely, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable
0: gift. Mm, that's sweet. I love mm-hmm. that. And I, I, I was thinking, um, whoa. Whoa it was you maybe it's you That's really weird, though it must be just like a short or something because I, I don't know oh, wait, the it my is hair is really too, crazy
1: but that they sought uh, the blessing
0: yeah yes and and i was thinking too of just the word shared there in verse 14 and and what that means is just like uh the fact that they were partakers and um mm-hmm. they had fellowship in his distress and wanted to share really i mean they're sharing a load and sharing a burden and in that um, you know, just thinking about like the reward of that was that they also got to be partakers of everything Paul did. And we think of all the amazing right. things God did through Paul. The Philippians were right there sharing in that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's why it's, that's one reason why it's such a blessing to give, especially right. to those in ministry or the mission field or whatever, um, you know, investing in that because you get to yeah. partner with And that them. brings it to when we give, as you were trying to say before, and I got mixed up,
1: but when we give, we are blessed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, are, Exactly, oh, you're going to be fixed. Oh, okay. But That's when it. we give, we are actually more blessed yeah. than than if we were just receiving. Receiving right. can be a little embarrassing. Mm. It can be a little overwhelming
2: sometimes, like, oh. Well, I was thinking, too, like missionaries, when we partner with them, it's one thing, like, it's awesome when we pray for them, but when we give to them, I think we're invested in the ministry that they're doing. And so then we even are um, reminded to pray more because we're invested with them. And then it made me think of that part where um, David set up that thing about, like, the guys that his soldiers that had gone out into the battle, they wanted only the spoils for themselves, but there were some that had stayed back with the stuff. And he set up this statute that those that stayed with the stuff got an equal um, yeah, reward of the spoils that those that went out to battle. And so here Paul is going out to battle, but the Philippians, they couldn't go out. They were the ones that were called to stay back at home. Mm-hmm. And so their investment was sending the money
0: and they were gonna share in the same reward with those that went out. That's, that's right. That's <clears throat> interesting. That just made me think of something. Just. Um, I remember that when I was in college, it was really interesting the, the students that like had to take out loans like me or different, you know, and had to pay for their school. Yes. I feel like there's a lot more seriousness there than with some of the people that their grandparents just paid for everything or whatever. You know, I mean, yeah, they, they might do some, but there was a little bit more of a seriousness Absolutely. when you had, when you know that you had to put some skin in the game a exactly. little bit. So, yeah. So that's yeah, that was a good point.
2: Good. OK, you guys ready to move on to day four? Yes. Okay, Cheryl, would you please read it? verse 18? A whole verse. <laughs> One whole verse. <laughs> but I have received everything in full,
1: and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied.
2: Love that. So we see,
1: what is Paul's attitude here? Wow. Wait, Just... it keeps going, I'm sorry. Having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. I got that mixed up with a little note that tells you there's oh. a...
0: And I wasn't so, following sure. along. So I know I'm like, I great. That. I was like, that felt short. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I was really <laughs> sure. um, this this was the day that really busted me the most. The okay. the the fact that well, no, just how he said, I have all and abound in prison. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, hello. It's really about perspective, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, how can I not say right now, I have all and abound? If Paul mm-hmm. could say that, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's why it's so important that we're in the word because we get reminded and refreshed in this yes. reset our mindset yeah so good yeah his attitude he said he had all that he needed he was fully supplied and then what do you think about Epaphroditus
1: I love him mm-hmm. I mean like you said earlier that he was sick unto death but mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that that gift got to Paul on behalf mm-hmm. of the the Philippians and he kept pressing through and then he was concerned that the philippians heard he was sick and that they'd be distressed and um Mm -hmm. he he made his way as we talked about earlier 500 miles and he didn't siphon off any for himself he was totally trustworthy Mm. and the trustworthiness of um epaphroditus really spoke to me Mm -hmm. and he went out sacrificed to himself in a long journey and he like took on discomfort in order to bring comfort to
2: Paul. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me think, too, like, what kind of gifts can I give to God? Epaphroditus, all those things you just described, like, where can we give those gifts to God or to the body of Christ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Anne Graham Lott, she was our speaker one year.
1: Actually, I lived in Vista, but we came up to hear Anne Graham Lott. And I she said that every year, she says, Lord, what do mm-hmm. you want for, for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And that she does just something uh, that she hasn't done before, just... That's a um, as practice. a gift to the lord mm-hmm. but i was thinking you can take everything and say lord i'm, I'm making christmas dinner for you mm-hmm. and i want it to taste really delicious and, and you to my enjoy family, it washing yes. more dishes washing
2: as more as dishes right well and then his appraisal of their gift was that it was a sweet smelling sacrifice any thoughts yeah. on that
0: Oh, just just going back to, because it was a sacrifice, kind of like what Cheryl was saying before mm-hmm. from Corinthians, we learn about that, that they gave out of their poverty and need. And I just thought of that verse in Second Samuel, you know, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I always Such come back to Lord. that. You know, because that's because it's like just, one of your favorite It verses. is. I say it all the time. I was like, When well, I probably already said this. Oh, well.
2: But giving, that's like giving God the first fruits, that principle, instead of just giving him the leftovers. Yeah. Like for me, that's why I start my day in God's word. It's like, I want to give him my freshest where my mind is alert and I'm ready to receive instead of just
0: leftovers. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, spiritually and then even materially, I, Mm -hmm. I think that, that really what was resonating with me was because I've just been reading this book on. Uh, for one of my classes on on the Reformation and how, uh, you know, there was just a shift in our culture and our thinking over the centuries towards making materialism the religion and stuff like that. And I just wanted to read this quote uh, from Alexis de Tocqueville. He was like a 19th century French Uh, political thinker. And he came to America, and this is way back in the 1830s. And so he noted, like, wow, Christianity has such a prominent role here in this country. But even then, he said it was often hard to tell whether the main object of religion, meaning, you know, Christian faith, is to procure eternal facility in the next world or prosperity in this. People want to do as well as possible in this world without giving up their chances in the next. And I was just like... I know, really convicting, and I was just like, man, I feel like materialism is so much more in our DNA than we even realize. That's why I think for me that really just struck me. I was just like, wow, like where where is my perspective here? And just the fact, again, Paul being able to say, I have all in a bound, no matter what, you know, and not mm. having any reference point to that, but being eternally minded, was just like a real and then man, this is saying that it's sobering. a
2: fragrant offering; it pleases
0: God. Yeah,
2: yeah, I yeah about, to
0: have the open hand. Mm-hmm. I thought about
2: how, you know, we've
1: just learned that um, sweet smells, uh, aromatherapy actually can be good for you and can mm-hmm. do things for you. Just the fragrance. Mm. Essential um, oils. <laughs> yes, yeah, essential oils. But I was thinking about when Mary, in, in John chapter 12, when Mary broke the alabaster um, bottle. And she poured it on Jesus' house. It, it said, the fragrance filled the house. Oh, I love that. And I like the idea that when we're giving to others, there's a fragrance. It's mm-hmm. going to affect more than um, ourselves. It affects the immediate audience, and everyone is breathing that in.
2: Mm-hmm. And so so The sacrifice of giving is a fragrance, fragrance that giving, affects fragrance. everyone around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm.
1: And, mm-hmm. you know, it says, too, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, you are the fragrance of Christ. I
2: have that mm. written down, yeah.
1: yeah. oh, good for you.
2: Yeah. Hey. Hey. And then it made me think, too, of, um, in Revelation chapter 5, our prayers yes. are those bowls of incense, so our prayers are a fragrance rising. And that's a sacrifice. Right. That's, right. that's a way that we can sacrifice.
0: And it's a witness, because we keep talking about that. I mean, and I, I think in, like, that Tocqueville quote, here's this guy, he's secular, and he's looking at the church, and, and it's like, okay, what's our witness? Or do people see us, like, being, you know, cheerful givers, and yeah. like, oh, or is it like, yeah? We also want to kind of, I don't know, just we hold on to this world. And yeah, ourselves yeah. Too. So I just think yeah. a little. And a nice and Sapphira
2: there, huh? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in our very lives too. Romans 12 1 says that um, that it's our reasonable service to present mm-hmm. our bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's our reasonable service. Do you ever feel like, Lord, here's my reasonable service, but you ain't getting much? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. And he still loves us. Yep. Mm. Are you ready to move on to day five? Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So verse 19. Jasmine, would you please read that? Yes. Um, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay.
2: So Paul makes this declaration. Mm.
0: And it's
2: after, as we've just talked about, that they gave out of their poverty. They didn't mm. have, but they gave out of their poverty. And now Paul is making this declaration. That's, again, like 2 Corinthians chapter 9, one of my very
1: favorite verses where he, it, he's telling the Corinthians, if you give, God is able to make all grace abound Mm-mm. towards you mm. so that you will have all sufficiency in all things for every good work. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, as we give, and yeah. we give it with, like, Lord, I'm doing this with you, mm. then God yeah. is, he just can't help himself Takes over to give
2: back mm-hmm. and to help supply. That was kind of my takeaway of the whole week was just the sufficiency of Christ, that our contentment is in Christ's sufficiency instead of self-sufficiency. Our strength is in his sufficiency. And then the supply of our need is all in sufficiency in Christ and not in ourselves. Or not in others. I mean, remember the Israelites were in trouble because they were always going, I told
1: you I'm in Hosea, but the Israelites (laughs) were, you know, seeking the Assyrians or seeking the Babylonians or seeking Egypt. They were always looking for what they needed in other nations. And even that's why they would go to graven images. Like, God, Mm -hmm. I know you're good, but this one's with, you know, this one is, um, Baal promises me fertility in the ground and good crops. Mm -hmm. So they would do the Lord. It wasn't that they were only doing the graven images. They would do the Lord, but they would also do these graven images. Yeah. And seek what they wanted from the graven images like the specifics Mm -hmm. and seek for God their overall welfare that's Mm -hmm. why they're so shocked like what do you mean we we sinned you you read that in uh is it Malachi or Micah that they're like
0: what do you mean what's your what's your problem with us yeah yeah, we're totally yeah yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking too sometimes we're like Lord how come you're not supplying all my needs kind of like what you're talking about with your friends it was just like Well, it says you will. And it's like, well, are you, you know, having an open hand with the Lord? I mean, are you giving him something to work with here? Are you kind of like looking to other things to supply your needs, really, you know, deep down and stuff. I mean, so he doesn't
2: say that he'll supply all of our wants. It yeah, says that too. <laughs> that he'll supply all of our needs. And the Lord yeah. knows that we have needs. But, but, you know, and I know he doesn't,
1: but it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. And I have found that God does these extra special blessings, mm-hmm. too, that we don't need. But I don't want to make God like the great comrade of the sky, which we do sometimes, like dear comrade may I may I have just this much and you know we realize that when he fed the multitude there were you know 12 baskets left over there were seven baskets left over we have a generous god
2: yeah. yes. and i think
1: i think it's important that we let him know our wants and our needs and when we accept it we're like okay um, let him be the one mm-hmm. you know it's terrible when somebody says i want this christmas present this is how much it costs and i have a son that you know sent me the website for his christmas present outlined it you know and it's like I'm, me too and he's checking every day to see if it's on the <laughs> oh list oh my gosh. Yeah. gosh and my son is not going to get this <laughs> because uh-huh. i have quite a few people to buy for but um. he might get some money towards it uh, but anyway mm-hmm. this um and i keep reminding him you have a wife and three children, so now you know the well, side. now you know which you one you yes. just gave it away. But I'm just saying I, I, we don't have enough to yeah. do this. And mm. I said, I'm sorry, but I'll put some money towards it, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's here's twenty dollars. <laughs> and so anyway, in fact actually my grandson he just was on November first, he said, Don't forget my birthday's in two weeks, and this is what I want. And I said, well, I'll send you $20 towards whichever those kids you uh-huh. want. Silence coming back at oh, me.
2: Well, just looking at this, the things that minister to us, the minister to our needs, the thing that really ministered to me made me think of Hagar. And here she was sent out and she was in the wilderness. She was with her son and they thought mm-hmm. they're going to die. And just remembering that God is the God who sees. That's who God mm-hmm. showed up to her as, as the God who sees. And she was in that destitute place. She had Great needs, and um, I was just reminded that God is the God who sees. He sees our needs, and He meets them.
0: And that's yeah, that's good. Also, too, that He has um, that He has riches. Like God is unlimited in His resources. So if we feel like okay, is He withholding or something like that? It's it's because he's building our faith and our character and getting us to that place of dependency on him. And, too, I think also sometimes we think, well, he'll supply all my needs in this way. God's um, often going to do it in an unexpected or unconventional way or unconventional timing. I think timing is a lot of the thing. Yeah, he's exactly. going to redirect us. Yeah. He's going to redirect us. And sometimes he
1: uses need to redirect us. Like, exactly. you know, um, I know my son-in-law my daughter had to move out of New York to Florida mm-hmm. and it was just he didn't have a job and I remember he called and said you know I feel like I'm you know um, leaving and you know I got these people that were at this fellowship but I don't have any money and my, and my husband Brian said um, Michael that's often how the Lord directs us yeah, it's yeah. by the open and closed doors and I found that same thing yeah. I put Matthew 632 because I love oh, this yeah. Yeah. for your father in heaven yeah. knows what you have need of. And God knows and he wants to meet the need. And I, yeah. I love yeah. it. Like um, times when I start, you know, we all have like self-pity parties. And like I said before, the devil's the only one who shows up. Uh, he got the invitation.
2: Um, Pity biscuits are poisonous. You don't yes. want to eat them.
1: But I was thinking too about like, he said, consider the flowers. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and that there are times that we just need to look at a flower. Mm-hmm. Just look at a flower and think about a flower, how beautiful it is, how it didn't go to TJ Maxx, but it's just yes. beautiful. <laughs> or look at the ravens or the crows, and you, you just think about these. Right. They're they like the um, least um, enjoyable birds. Oh, they're
0: so annoying. They're you know, Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm so glad you did Good that, invitation. not me. <laughs> but, you know, like blue jays, they might have that voice, but they're so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. There are so many birds or doves. They just seem so gentle and sweet. Yeah. Or pelicans are just so comical and so cute. But crows and ravens. But God says, I feed them. Mm-hmm. I care about yeah. them. And then, of course, sparrows. That a sparrow can't fall to the ground, but your father knows. And it can't fall apart from his will. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, one of the things I love about the missionary stories uh, when I'm reading them, especially um, this isn't a missionary story but Roger Steer wrote a book on George Mueller that's oh, like well, yeah. my all time favorite book on George Mueller yeah. but it was just the way that we see how God supplies needs yes mm-hmm. and the clever mm-hmm. way conventional uh, yeah. we were just doing Amy Carmichael a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and there was one time she 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 resolved that she would never ask for um, anything that they needed at Donover from the time she started the fellowship and at one time, she just didn't have any food for the children at all, none. Mm-hmm. And at that point, somebody knocked on her door and a milk truck had uh, broken down and all this food and said, I've got to give this to you it'll spoil. And all the children were fed. Mm-hmm. And they weren't fed just enough. Mm-hmm. They were fed a wonderful meal. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, um, my friend Nancy likes to tell the story of, I think she made it up. But at the little girl that loved her fake pearls, and her father was just waiting for the day when she wanted the real pearls,
2: mm-hmm. like and she he, was holding on to yes. those and wasn't ready to let go of them. But yeah. as soon as she was ready to let go of them, yes. he had the yeah. real thing right. for every her. every night he would say, Can, "Will you give me your Aww. pearls?" And she'd just, "No,
1: I can't, Daddy. I mm. love my pearls." Yeah. And then one day when she gave them over, he presented mm-hmm.
2: her with a little box
1: and mm-hmm. real love pearls. That.
2: I wrote on the my takeaway that open hands don't empty us of blessings, but that same thing it's that they're surrendered so that. That God can fill them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the
1: Betty's because trample. it's
2: a I think we mm-hmm. talked about this. It's two-part. It's it's giving and it's receiving
1: both mm-hmm. with open hands.
0: And to kind of what you're saying, like with the remarkable, like how God does provide in unconventional ways, it's also a witness. You know, part of it yeah. too is that the Lord wants to make a witness. I was even I wrote down the story about Leona buying the house for a dollar. You know what I mean? That took a lot of faith. It's a crazy story, but I I mean, but the Lord provided in a very unusual way. And sometimes that's part of it is like, just let me do it this way because I'm going to get so much glory instead of just the use.
1: So Mary Peoples used to teach um, the Tuesday, or I think it was Thursday night then, women's study. Amazing teacher, amazing. Mm -hmm. And she's also a lawyer. And she's really good with apologetics. I mean, being a mm-hmm. lawyer, these facts just come out, you know. So I asked her, I said, would you do like a workshop on how to share your faith? And I went thinking I'm going to get, you know, I love apologetics. You know, I'm going to get mm-hmm. all these apologetics. And she got up and she said, the greatest witness you can give is to tell people what Jesus is doing in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she said she was in a, a line at the bank. And this guy said, you know, these are really hard times. And she said, oh, don't I know it. But she said, I, she said this time last year I was $40,000 in debt. And so I'm so glad I'm out of debt. And he looked at her and he's like, how did you get out of debt? She said, well, it was, it's a God story. Do you want to hear it? And he's like, a God story where you got out of debt? Yeah. <laughs> and so she just shared mm-hmm. how the Lord supplied mm. all I need. And she said, you know, I was working, but I set this aside and then I got this gift that was unexpected. And, and she said, at the end, the, the guy was like,
2: I, I want a
1: God like that. And she wow. said, well, when you love Jesus... God undertakes and He begins to provide for you. And she was just saying that that was the thing into his heart. That was the, the story into his heart. And I think sometimes we don't witness because we think we have to have all the facts and yeah, the apologetics yeah, yeah. in order. And like, oh, I can't remember how many, how many days until Messiah the Prince, you know, right. from the, you know, from the going forth of the command to rebuild Jerusalem until the coming of Messiah. There were how many days? I know, and, too much to remember. Yeah, and yeah. we get like, oh... And we get just tongue-tied. But if you just mm-hmm. tell your story. It's more yeah, and it's much I find, hour in the testimony. Yeah, when I'm sitting on an airplane, I get those opportunities. What I do is I just tell my story. I remember sitting next to a guy and I said, well, you know, my experience has been this. I said, but I'm a Christian. And so this is my experience. You know, I talk to the Lord about everything. And it just opens up this door.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Tell your story. Yeah. Tell how God supplied all your needs.
2: Yeah, and, you know, exactly. sometimes
1: we need to remember. And, you know, as, exactly. I was, as I was doing this, I was remembering too many stories. So I just <laughs> like, oh, this here, here, and here. I generalized. But how great it is to, um, as parents, tell your kids. Tell your kids yes. when it was a deficit yes. and yeah. how the Lord provided so they know that the Lord is working mm. Um, in their lives and in yeah.
0: your life. I mean, think of George Mueller's orphanage yeah. kids, Amy Carmichael's kids at Donavore. They they got to be part of that. Like, whoa, God provided, yeah. you know. So that's and yeah. it,
1: it makes you realize God loves me. He provided. Mm-hmm. He did this incredible
2: thing God provided yeah so important to remember and I just think it ties into the scripture we were looking at last week too of just like we need to be thankful and when we remember it helps us be thankful and it also helps us to move forward to see like he was faithful then he's going to keep being faithful Mm -hmm. and so taking time to actually remember those things did you guys have any um, takeaways or any of those specific ways he met your need you want to share before we move on I just
1: put, like, my hospital ordeal in. Yeah. And, um, and um, I mean, nobody knows how incredible that was, but, you know, I'm feeling this pain. I couldn't sleep. And I was up that day, and I said to Brian, this is really bad. He goes, oh, it's just a stomach flu. You're gonna be over it. And I said, no, I'm gonna die. And, um, and by that night, I couldn't stay conscious. I kept throwing up and um, losing consciousness. So he was holding my head. And, he said, do you want me to take you to the hospital? I said, no, call an ambulance. And they were there within uh, like two minutes. It was mm-hmm. like so, Craig, it was so sweet because my neighbors really, our neighbors are so sweet. They're all coming out of their houses and Aww. lining up. And they're like, Cheryl. I can hear in the back like, Cheryl, Cheryl. And it was like so sweet. Mm-hmm. But just all the care that was provided and i just couldn't even believe it like ellie james son just happened to be working the emergency room that night Mm -hmm. and he came in and he because brian couldn't go in and so Mm. he's he's calling his mom and she's letting everyone know what's going on with me you know that i'm a little loopy and everything else (laughs) and you know um just how god provided all of it and then my favorite story is I'm about to go into surgery and the doctor's late and they come in the room and they're like, Cheryl Cheryl Sh- Broderson? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And they bring me the telephone and it's char. And he mm. said, Mom, I just want to pray for you. Mm. And to get his prayer, what, right before, I was high risk and it was really touch and go with me. And I only realized that like afterwards when they came in and mm. told me, like we almost lost you. Mm. And my son, Called Hoke Hospital and searched me out and prayed for me before I went into surgery. So I mean, that was just um, one of the most precious times. And then another time I got really depressed because I was coming off of one medication. And I was like, Lord, I understand how people coming off of drugs, how hard it is for them because I'm so depressed. I don't even want to get better. I just want to die right now. And Joni, uh, Kelly's sister comes, and I'm like, Lord, you've got to see me through this. And right then, Kelly's sister, Joni, she's like knock on the door. She's like, I'm sorry, are you okay if I come visit you? And I'm like, yes, I am so okay. And she came in, and she's like, can I just pray for you? Mm. And she's like, I'm not very good at this. I'm just like getting used to it. And she prayed the most yes. amazing prayer just at that moment.
2: What a gift.
1: And then the Lord sent, I call them um, Flora, Merriweather, and um, like the three. Fauna. Fauna, Fauna Flora and Meriwether from Sleeping Beauty. They come in and they're like, we heard your television doesn't work. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, we're taking you to an ocean view room. And they, wow. they like put me in this thing. They will me because the television doesn't work. I don't even watch television. But I did watch Joanna Gaines. But anyway, they moved me into the room, and they said, we want to get you in here before sunset. And I got to watch the sunset. I mean, it was just absolutely so sweet, but I'm still suffering through depression. So the next day, I'm like, okay, I've got to walk. And so I'm walking, and there's this guy named Art, and he's the janitor. And I just said to him, thank you for doing what you're doing. And the next thing, he's in my room going, I I need to clean this room. And I'm like, okay. And he looks out, and he goes, you know, when I see a view like this, I just... Thank God for making it all. I go, that's exactly what I do. And he goes, I knew you were a Christian. I knew it. We had the best fellowship. And then he said, you know who I really love is, have you ever heard of Chuck Smith? I'm like, he's my dad. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I said, no, he goes, what's your name? I go, Cheryl Broderson. He goes, Brian's wife and he was like your dad is my uh, your husband's my wife's favorite pastor and your dad's my favorite one to listen to and then he's like can I pray for you and I'm like Lord and it just was like when I Mm -hmm. needed it most God kept meeting me yeah. in that place. And, you know, again, uh, Brian finally was able to come in. You know, And this is the other thing. Right before I'm going to the hospital, I've got my glasses on. Brian takes off my glasses. I'm at the hospital. I can't see anything oh, no. that I'm signing or anything. It's like, okay, hey, I hope this is going to work. Oh, um, my gosh. But it's so funny. I was so excited when he supplied my need with my glasses. Yeah. And yeah, he I brought gosh. them when he finally was able to see me. He's like, I'm oh, sorry I took off your glasses. I'm like,
2: I Thank too. i cool. see. all you know. your stories. Make me think of that verse: "That now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly, abundantly, abundantly above, above all, all that we ask or think." Ephesians three twenty. Is that right? Yep. And even the fact that
1: God took me to Hoke Hospital, yeah. not even Kaiser because it was too far away, and supplied mm. the best mm. surgeon in the world, mm-hmm. the best nurses. Um, the best care. I mean, I just felt so incredibly Mm -hmm. loved by God. It wasn't a deliverance. It wasn't like, oh, they're not going to find anything. You still going to go go through the surgery. You're still going going through all of this. And you know, and there's, there's pain, but God was in it all. And he was, he was definitely, and you know, I did not feel God. I'm going to say that. I did Mm -hmm. not feel God. I didn't feel, um, you know, there are times that you just feel the Lord so close. And this was one time where I didn't feel God, but he still kept Mm. making, like maybe Joseph in the prison, but he kept making his
2: presence known to me. And I felt like it was a growth in faith. I mean, it was just amazing. That's the obedience we were talking about last week about being anxious for nothing, but choosing to meditate on the things that are true and noble and like not listening to our feelings. We talked about that last week too, of just your feelings can be liars Mm. and we have to know the truth and we have to meditate on that and trust the Lord that way instead of just letting our feelings take us
1: away. That was one thing I prayed when I was in the hospital. I said, Lord, my feelings do not communicate my heart. Mm -hmm. My resolve is to serve you no matter what. And my feelings right now, because coming off of the one medication that was really strong, it put me into the pits of depression, not pain, but depression. And uh, my pain level at that time was probably like a four or five. And I'm like, you know, I can handle this. I don't want any more medication. But the depression that came Mm. with it is like nothing I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And that's why I kept saying, Lord,
2: this... It's not my heart. It's not my heart. Yes. we pour out our lamentations and he hears them. That's right. (laughs) Okay, we're almost out of time. So let me just read these last few verses, verses 20 through 23. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen." Amen. Okay, so we just have a couple minutes. So I'm just going to throw to your greatest takeaway. What is your greatest takeaway from this day?
1: I put what a heritage and a family we have in Christ. Mm. And I put we should be greeting and sending greetings, conveying love, grace, and unity in Christ. And that was my takeaway. I mean, I love the fact that you can go all over the world and meet Christians, and they don't have to be Mm -hmm. of the same denomination or the same. And we kind of have that secret thing. Like somebody will say, you know, like art. Yeah. Are you a yeah. Christian? And you've got like this secret yeah. club, like you've you know, done half a fish, fish and they've done yeah. the other half. And yeah, yeah, I yeah, just totally. love that. We are a family. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, mine was just uh, the, the thought of Caesar's household getting yeah. saved. And it was just a reminder that, again, never underestimate who God can save or what he can do. I mean, that was like a big takeaway from the whole book of Philippians was the power of the gospel. I'm thinking and think so. about how evil...
1: Caesar's household yes. was. I mean, this is
0: Nero at this time. This is evil. It's a evil. Reminder for exactly. today. It's yeah. an
1: evil. But, you know, as Paul, and, you know, he got in there and you know, praying for these people and they got saved. Yeah. And then they're sending, we love you. We'll watch out. Yes. You know, greetings. And they
0: probably interceded on behalf of the other churches after yes. getting mm-hmm. saved. And so, yeah, just the fact Paul could see that as an opportunity instead of like, oh my gosh, I hate Caesar's household. I don't want anything to do with them. Right? It's mm-hmm. like, True. this is an opportunity
2: mm-hmm. to, you know, see God move. Well, and that, my, that was my final thought too, mm-hmm. that he didn't need an easy life to be content, but he was able to embrace the situation and yes. use it for God's glory. And yes. it was all God's glory. And we see he began the book with grace and he ended it with grace. Yeah. And how much we need God's grace. And I love that the grace again, because again, we're talking about the enabling. and yes. We've been talking
1: about the enabling power and the enabling power is grace.
2: Exactly. Yes. It's the enabling. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's great. Right. Well, do you want to close us in prayer, Jazz? Oh, in the, okay. Yeah. Or should I do a couple announcements first? Okay, let me just do a couple announcements really quick. And then I'll let you yeah, close yeah, no, in prayer. Right. Um, okay, we just wanted to tell you, this is obviously ours, our last study for this mm-hmm. year. And we have, uh, so this was the eight weeks. Then we're going to do our Christmas thing. So we've got the um, night event. We are going to go ahead and have it open. We will do social distancing like you guys are doing today. And masks like everyone's doing today. Thank Christmas you.
1: decorated masks.
2: Yeah, there you go. With the, your smile, you could do your right. smile. So that is November 30th, 7 p.m. in here. And because the seating is limited, we're taking reservations online on women.cccm.com. And then that kicks off our month of Advent um, episodes on our website, on Facebook, on Can follow us on CCCM Women, and then the last announcement I wanted to tell you about is our study for January. Wait, let's just talk about our Advent book for Christmas. Okay, that we're selling an Advent
1: book. We'll be selling them. When do we start? We're just going to have them available on the thirtieth, actually. On the thirtieth. Okay. Yes. So we have Advent books that are a devotion through something, a thought, scripture every day through December, and I love to buy like five or six of these. I'll just. They are $5 each, so maybe just 5 Or we're going to have them online, too. Yeah, you can download it online. But Mm -hmm. I like the Advent books, and I love to give them. I always buy them for my daughters, and I love to give them as gifts to people because people are really open at Christmas, and it just gets them in the Word of God. And it's got the Scriptures Mm -hmm. uh, printed out. So it's a great witness, and I love to give it, especially the people who are, like, super perfectionistic, and they always have everything ahead of time. So I like to give it to them on the 20th of December and go, Oh, I'm so sorry. You've got to catch up uh, for 19 days, but you'll be fine.
2: (laughs) Okay, and then to tell you, we're going to do the same thing in January like what we've done now. We're going to do another challenge, Mm -hmm. and we are going to be doing a challenge through the book of Jonah. We're so excited about Jonah. Yep. So that prophet, that runaway prophet, and we're going to touch on the call of God. We're going to look at revival. We're going to look at Mm -hmm. God's mercy and God's grace. I think God's going to really speak to us through the book of Jonah. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward to that. And information will be on our website soon. Yeah. Right. Do you mind closing us in prayer?
0: Let's do it. Lord, um, thank you so much, you know, like Andrew was just saying, uh, for the book of Philippians that close, it opens and closes with your grace, God. And um, I just think of that that Annie Johnston Flint hymn, that out of your infinite riches in Jesus, you give and give and give again. And we thank you so much for how much you gave and the reminder in this uh, in this book, Lord, in this study of of Christ, you know, just humbling Himself to become a man and dwell among us, and just all that You've done and all You've given us, Lord, how can we not, in response, just give back to You, Lord Jesus, uh, with all that You've given to us, Lord, um, our time, our, our as they say, our time, our treasure, our talents, Lord, all in worship to You because you have been so faithful and so good to us. Thank you for your word that brings us right back to the place we need to be, Lord, Uh, with that eternal perspective, Lord, seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness and trusting you'll take care of everything else, Lord. You'll supply all our need according to your riches. So we love you, we thank you so much, God. May we go into this this season, uh, this Christmas season, and then just continuing to walk in the challenges of the season we're in, Lord, knowing, Lord, that in you we can find contentment and rest, joy and peace, regardless, Lord Jesus. I, I thank you so much for those reminders, Lord. Keep us in your word, keep us in your love. Um, we love you, Lord, so much. And we just uh, ask, Lord, that uh, not by might or by, pow- or by power, but by your Holy Spirit, you would um, work these things in and through our lives during this season. We love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.